Welcome back, folks. It's another edition of Internal Budget. Brandon Mackey, staff writer with Silver7Cents.com with you. We're off to a good start already. Uh, I think me tripping up over the intro is befitting of who we have on this episode. It is once again another playoff preview edition of Internal Budget with the one and only Matt Bosty for the second year in a row. How you doing, buddy? Hey, not too bad. Uh, I regret that I didn't go back, listen to our last year's one and realize that we had like a two for for, for uh, eight prediction rate in each uh, each division. <laughs> but it is what it is. So let's uh, let's see what crazy stuff we can come up with this time. There is quite literally only only nowhere to go but up this year. <laughs> like that's that's literally all we have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I could go. I could get absolutely everything wrong. That is not out of the realm of possibility for me. That is actually more like my normal go-to for anything where I got to make a decision. Well, I think predicting this year might be a little easier too, just on account of the fact that we don't have to account for a two-month layoff and a play-in series <laughs> and like all this no- other nonsense that was in the bubble last year. And some some teams have fans back in the crowd now. Like it's know, weird. It is. Like I'm happy if they're doing it safely, which that's another thing but uh it is really weird like i was watching the uh washington boston game yesterday and i'm yeah. like people are banging on the glass like that is <laughs> i'm so used to seeing absolutely nothing and just like one photographer having <laughs> getting their shots so yeah the refuse suck chant too right like <laughs> yeah exactly uh <laughs> nature is healing perfect oh, man i'm like that dw from arthur meme where she's up against the fence right now like that's where i'm at <laughs> I've, had the, I've had the one dose i'm grateful for that and i'm grateful that everyone in canada here is getting done but i cannot wait to get back to normal man i cannot wait to be back in buildings in the fall again and actually living life like you know how much there is to do in downtown toronto when everything is closed all the restaurants are closed all the, like the venues nothing jason isbel concert's been canceled two years in a row that i've had to miss like sucks man (laughs) no it is it is just so i think we're at the point where we're so bored too at least for me it's just like the idea of doing anything it just seems like so much work because i haven't done anything yeah and then it's just like i don't i don't even know what i want to do is i just want to go somewhere that isn't my house like we we had that very brief uh opening in in ottawa for like a week and a half which was stupid but i took the opportunity to do like a completely my my work let me go into the office for a day and just have a nice time yeah i bought some records on the way home i realized that nice. was the only store that i had been into for over a year that wasn't a grocery store and then two days later it's like everything's closed again i'm like all right there we go yeah <laughs> my bank's gonna flag my credit card because they're like this isn't takeout <laughs> someone's definitely stolen this I've been in winners a couple times and that's been the most exciting thing that I've done. Even all my Christmas shopping I did online and it's just not the same, man. Mm-hmm. But they, speaking of that Washington Boston game last yeah. night, Craig Anderson getting the call late in the first period ends up <laughs> pulling out a win. My father's going to be pissed when we start talking about this. He's a diehard Bruins fan. He's oh, <laughs> has enough bad memories of Craig Anderson in the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, man, how wild was that? Craig is a playoff goalie. Like he that's is. the that's the thing. Like you go back to Colorado when they were young Matt Duchesne before he was cursed and and all the players there. He was such a ridiculous uh, goalie there, bringing seven games. I forget who they were playing against, but oh yeah, when he was in- they were good. Yeah, it was it was the first seed or something like that, and they took yeah. seven games. Might have been St. Louis or something like that. Some. 
think so. Yeah. I think it might have been. So I'm not shocked to see him go in, play for Washington, be completely stable. He didn't get tested. He had like two saves that I was like, oh, that's a good save, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was to his benefit. But here's the question, though. Who do you run? Do you run the goalie? Like, I, well, I know Samsonov was close to coming back. Yeah. But do you want to put him back in into the middle of a uh, a playoff series versus the Bruins? I think I think if 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 it's game two, you got to ride the hot hand, right? Because yeah. the worst worst case scenario, you're coming out of it with a split at home, and then you know, and you and you have a guy in Anderson who has the playoff experience, and if things don't go well, you can go back to Samsonov for game three. Yeah, right? that's like that, exactly that's it. That's where I feel about it on the. Uh, exact same way also would be fantastic story if we could say that craig anderson beat the bruins again like just for for sense fans like that is at first i i was very apathetic to either team that comes out of that now i'm a hundred percent uh behind washington yeah what if like craig anderson backpacks the capitals to the stanley cup that's gonna burn some people in ottawa boy i I, i'd be so happy for him oh me too so happy for him but yeah that would piss a lot of people off (laughs) but like he backstopped us almost to the Stanley Cup finals and Washington yeah. is a hell of a better team than Ottawa had back then. So yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he could do it. That's very true. Although I would argue that Craig Anderson was also probably a better goaltender back then. But yeah, there's I mean, a, <laughs> that's another big factor. But I mean, this Washington team, you really only need to, you know, stop them at two goals a game and then you're you're OK. But we can talk a little bit more about that series. Um so I guess before we kind of roll into our predictions, man, um, is there any, now that you see the matchups that are kind of playing out and uh, everyone who's made the playoffs, who hasn't made the playoffs, are there any glaring surprises to you as to who's in and who's out this year or who finished where maybe? Uh, a whole bunch of who finished where kind of, kind of shocks me. Like Carolina is the first seed. Yeah. And they were, they were a very quiet first seed. Like I heard rumbles from, from the Carolina camps about how good they were doing there mm-hmm. but it wasn't like florida and tampa bay who were getting crazy crazy press and they're second and third yeah uh, the lightning uh, are third the lightning are third <laughs> the lightning are third exactly so i think carolina and nashville and especially because we're getting a carolina nashville first round because of the crazy uh so setup and like that one i got nothing i i got no clue <laughs> i not gonna lie i forgot nashville was even in contention all I saw were some horrible stat lines from players this year. So I was like, oh, there. So good for Boro. He gets a little bit more playoff yes. hockey. So that's, I'm happy for him. Uh, I was shocked at Dallas after their really strong performance uh, in the bubble. I thought they were going to kind of ride that there, but never give a, a journeyman goalie a big contract because honestly, um, they could revert right back to where they were. I mean, they were wrecked by injuries too. They had to play a lot of the season without Sagan and Ben and Ben Bishop. And like, you know, like they had a ton of catastrophic injuries early in the year. I think that was a big part of where Dallas finished where they did. And honestly, I think that's why Nashville made the playoffs, to be honest with you. Like, I think there are a lot of teams who really got hurt by injuries, got hurt by COVID. And it just like even Chicago performed well and they did it without Jonathan Taze and Kirby Doc for most of the year. You know, yep. like, so, I mean, I, I think I agree. Um, no real surprises in the North division. Um, no, I think this... the only thing that you could consider a surprise is Montreal. Maybe finishing fourth is a bit of a surprise just because <laughs> just because they started off so well and they looked like they might even finish like second or give Toronto yeah. a run for their money. Um, and then they just kind of fall apart in the second half of the season. They fire their, their uh, coach after the smallest little blip. And then, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I mean, they were the first real victims of the sickos. And 
But I mean, I think if I had to pick anything, I would say Minnesota kind of starting to tear things up the way they had. I mean, you think about it, they're finishing third behind Vegas and Colorado. That's pretty much a first place finish in every other division. Yeah, absolutely. And, and St. Louis struggling the way they have. I mean, I guess it's kind of the natural course of things. They're two years removed from a Stanley Cup win now, and teams don't always sustain that success well. But why don't we get right into things, man? Um this is going to be fun. Here we go with our playoff <laughs> preview for 2021. Uh, let's start off on the Eastern side of things, at least as far as the graphic I'm looking at is concerned. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. Yeah, this one's uh, this one's the normal one. Like, you it know what, normal. if this was Very a normal, normal season, you could absolutely believe that the Pen- Penguins and the, uh, the Islanders were going to meet up in the first round. Uh, and I think it's really unlucky. I think both of these teams are real good teams and I'd love to see them in the second or even, uh, even the conference kind of finals area there. Uh, I think it's gotta be, it's gotta be the Berg. It's gotta be Pittsburgh. Uh, unfortunately kind of rolling through the Islanders and, you know, just a five games, maybe six games. I think if, uh, if we have some good performances there, but that experience, they look like a new team this year. I don't know mm. if uh, if you if that's what you're thinking as well on that side, but they don't look like they're bogged down by their age like they did last year. No, it, they are cooking. Cody Cece, yeah, what a what a productive defenseman. Good for him. Uh, I I think that they're gonna have no trouble with New York. I don't. The only players on New York that are gonna be anything on them is if Pesho can uh, can get back to his playoff killer game ways and. I don't know. There's no real X factors on the New York Islanders side right now for me. Yeah, that's, I think that's true. I mean, Matthew Barzell's a guy you can never lose sight of, but I think this will probably be a seven game series. I would say, I think it's going to be a lot closer than it appears initially. Um, Pittsburgh is a very good team. They look rejuvenated. Like you said, I think you nailed it. Um, They're getting some solid goaltending now. Um, they've been able to rediscover some offense. Like Sidney Crosby is playing some of his best hockey in years, like, and quietly, like he's having a, like if Connor McDavid's not putting up a hundred points <laughs> on games or whatever it is, you're probably giving Sidney Crosby at least some consideration for the Hart trophy again this year. Like he's been that valuable to the team in both ends of the ice. Um, his underlying metrics are sensational. Uh, I really can't say enough about Pittsburgh and the fact that they did um, they had a lot of the success without Evgeny Malkin for most of the mm-hmm. year. He was mm-hmm. lost for that extended period, which I know painfully well, cause I had him on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think when you match up against the Islanders, it's the Islanders are such a good defensive team that they don't really need an X factor right now. Um, maybe down the line, if they're having trouble getting over the hump, that's a player that'll look to add. But I think right now they have a team that plays so well within their structure and, you know, doesn't make too many mistakes. And when they do, they get solid goaltending. I like where the Islanders are at. Um, I'm going to say Pittsburgh takes this one in seven, but I think the Islanders goaltending is the X factor because if I had to pick, you know, like a crease, I'm probably taking the Islanders, but, but Pittsburgh overall, I think, I think you're right. I think they're the better team. I think they take it in seven. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I like uh, I like both teams right now for different reasons. Yeah. So I don't like seeing them uh, kind of meet up right here. But yeah. what can you do? Yeah, and that's speak- the format. And speaking of a series that uh, you wouldn't normally see until the later rounds, uh, <laughs> I think the next one that we were talking about earlier is Washington and the Bruins. I mean, when the playoffs 
first kind of started to take shape, I saw this series was happening and I got so excited. This is a <laughs> hockey fan. I'm like, this is going to be a war. You have two big, heavy teams going at each other. There's bad blood. Tom Wilson had the hit on Brandon Carlo early in the season. And you have Char going from the Bruins to the Capitals. Like, I, I, I there's so many storylines in this series. And, so, so, and teams with such offensive firepower, like you're talking uh, Ovechkin and Backstrom, Kuznetsov when he's finally had a COVID protocol for the second time this year. Um, you know, Tom Wilson, for all the controversy that he's caused, is a very talented hockey player. And you're throwing them against Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, Taylor Hall, David Krejci yeah. playing some of his best hockey in years. Like the top sixes in, these, in this matchup probably unparalleled until you're talking about Colorado and Vegas, right? Like even Toronto, yeah. like at Toronto, you can probably throw in that mix too. Like I really love the overall talent and depth in this series and the physicality. Like, I think the thing that has surprised me most about the Capitals this year is what a heavy team they are. Like, I don't think you were watching the game last night and oh. I'm looking at them and like they finish every check. And it, even sometimes they end up getting penalties because of it, but it's a sacrifice that they're willing to make because their penalty kills so good. <laughs> and, but and like, fantastic fantastic for playoff hockey this is how you need to play these playoff hockey uh, series exactly yeah and they like i said they finish every check whether it's in the neutral zone along the boards even guys like ovechkin on his first shift <laughs> he steamrolls david Krejci. like you're talking about the bruins getting pushed around a little bit that's not something <laughs> that you normally see right so uh i think this is going to be another series that is probably going to get drawn out um i think at well at well we know well, we don't know, but I think at minimum, it's like five games. Um, I, I see it probably going more six or seven, but I'll let you give your prediction first. Who's taking this one, Boston? <laughs> I, I think it's Washington, and I think it's the age. I think mm -hmm. that Boston is uh, – I keep thinking the wheels are going to fall off on Boston, and then they're like, ah, no, we're still going to have a great season. Don't <laughs> – you dumb dumb. But they're all – they've been together for so long, which is great for chemistry, but they are, they're always – like how many times do you hear about Bergeron playing through some horrific injuries? All the time. Yeah, exactly. It's just this kind of go-to, which is – like, hey, don't push yourself. Don't make your life harder after hockey. But at the same time, that is one hell of a leader on your team. And he is still so damn good for it. But you can't keep doing that. And mm -hmm. I think that this is a compressed year. I think that uh, just the youth uh, in Washington, and I think as much as I don't like Tom Wilson, I think a player like Tom Wilson is a huge X factor for, for them to play. He's he playing is. the prototypical uh, playoff hockey. I just hope he doesn't go on his psychotic sprees or anything like that and can just be a jerk to play against, but also pot goals, like play, play, a hockey game not a not something else out of that but yeah. what really has me looking at boston is tuka of course they've got they've got rask and <laughs> right now washington has the only goalie we know for sure is anderson mm -hmm. so as much as i like craig anderson is he's 41 or 40 one of those ages turns 40 on friday yeah he turns 40 he's a hell of a goalie but he's played three games this year like how how ready is he for a series like this uh my, my sense fan in me says, hey, yeah, you can put Craig Anderson in any situation and he's going to find a way to make it work. The moment that he's challenged is when he's at his very best. He loves the pressure. He thrives under the pressure. Mm -hmm. But you look down at the other end and it's Tucker Rask, who is one of the best in the business right now. And uh, he can absolutely steal two or three games without really breaking a sweat. Yeah. I still think Washington wins. Firepower, like you said, coupled with youth. And uh, I think... Uh, Peter Laviolette has that team kind of cooking 
when it comes to how they want to play this this game and i think they're gonna they're gonna push on through boston and that's too bad for boston because if they matched up against i think anyone else really they would have no problem yeah um this one's a little tougher um you have an x factor and a guy like tom wilson who's built like a linebacker um (laughs) but he but if he can you know he's gonna have to stay out of the box and keep it within the rules i think you're right uh, I also think you're right that the clear advantage is for Boston in the goaltending department. I mean, Tuka Rask is an all-time great goaltender. Um, some of the greatest numbers that you'll ever see, especially as regards to a Bruin netminder, never mind, you know, like an actual <laughs> overall goaltender. But uh, I think the Bruins are going to take this one. Um, I think it's going to be in six or seven. I just think that Washington's crease is a bit too much of a revolving door right now. I think especially if they go back to Craig Anderson in game two and they lose, and we were talking about it before, and Samsonov is ready to go, you know, there's not a lot of over, you know, kind of uh, stability in the crease. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I think Boston is getting hot at the right time. I mean, they finished third this year, but they had a ton of injuries. Their blue line was already thin to begin with, uh, and they lost Matt Grizzlick for extended stretches. They lost Brandon Carlo mm-hmm. for extended stretches stretches McAvoy got hurt like they dealt with some serious injuries on the back end uh, I think Mike Riley has been a huge boost for them in terms of stability he's looked really good in terms of puck movement out there and Taylor Hall has provided some energy to the middle six <laughs> forward group that is like that they lacked all year uh, David Krejci has a scoring winger now and I think that is going to be huge for the Bruins going forward it's funny yesterday when you look at all the goals though and none of them were by big time scorers I think it was DeBrusque <laughs> DeBrusque and Nick Ritchie scored for Boston and Tom Wilson and, uh, and uh, Brendan Dillon score for the Capitals and Nick Dowd <laughs> scores the winner in overtime. Like, so yeah. that's playoff hockey though, right? Yeah, exactly. You make but, yourself, you, if you're not a big name to begin with in these series, this is the chance for you to do it. Yeah. And but how, but I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, how, how much do you remember Peter Regan, that one uh, losing uh, Penguin series? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he put up crazy points. We gave him a big contract and he never did it again. But yeah. That's playoffs, baby. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so you're taking the caps. Uh, I think the Bruins are going to pull this one out in probably six, maybe seven games. I, um, I think it's going to be one of the best series in oh, this entire, I, entire playoffs all the way to the finals. I think it I, is. I think it will be at the very least the best series of the first round. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any question there. So you have Pittsburgh moving on against the Islanders uh, to play the Capitals. I have Pittsburgh moving on to play the Bruins. Uh, let's move on now to Colorado and St. Louis. This one might be pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> the, the Blues have not looked good all year. Um, and Jordan Bennington has not rediscovered that form that he found in the 2019 playoffs. And you look at Colorado, they're just a wagon, man. Like I, There are th- two, maybe three, f- at most four teams in this entire playoff I see that could beat the Avalanche in a seven-game series. Like They are just the way Joe Sackick has constructed this roster is unbelievable. Um, from the net out, they've had great goaltending. They're blue line. Like, are you kidding me? Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, mm-hmm. Bowen Byram, and young too. Like guys not even on their full-time pro deals yet. Uh, and then up front, of course, Landis Cog, McKinnon, Rantanen. Like not many teams can match up against that top line. Uh, I'm saying Colorado is going to beat the Blues pretty decisively. Um, I think maybe St. Louis steals a game or two and stretches it out to six. But uh, right now I'm going to say Colorado in four, maybe five. Yeah, I, I, same page right there. Uh, I don't think St. Louis is good. 
I think that St. Louis is incredibly lucky that they got to play the Kings, the Sharks, and the, the Ducks. Ducks. Yeah. Because I think in any other division, <laughs> even against Nashville, I think that they're not uh, they're not going into the playoffs because they're their team they're they're a shell of what they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that they're a horrible team by any way, uh, by any stretch of the means, but there's only so much Ryan O'Reilly can do. And Bennington does not look like that star goalie that they thought they had found and gave a big contract to. I think that this is the dominoes starting to fall for St. Louis and they're going to have to do a little mini nuke of the team and rebuild uh, in, in certain ways. Colorado in five. I don't like to say sweeps just because something you know, can happen on a yeah. night. Uh, and I think Colorado is, uh, is in a great, is primed for a good playoff run, which is uh, which is pretty exciting because yeah. I think that they're the most exciting team in the league right now. They kind of got cheated out of one last year with all the injuries that they had in the bubble. They were on their third goaltender <laughs> going against game seven against Dallas and they lose in overtime. Like that's a Colorado team. That's going to be pretty hungry right now. And, Reminds uh, you of the, the lightning when they lost, uh, when they got swept, you know, right. uh, they came back with a, with a reason to win. So that could also be Colorado. Yeah. And I, I just don't see, you know, St. Louis presenting enough of a challenge to them. So I, you're right. We're both on the same page. Colorado's moving on against the blues. Uh, let's head over to Vegas and Minnesota. This one is one like on its surface, you're looking at it and you're going probably same as Colorado, like where the better team's going to move on, but you cannot rule out the Minnesota wild this year. No, absolutely. This is a travesty that this matchup is happening in the first round. To me, I think that both of these teams are what what a division to have Vegas, Minnesota and Colorado, though. Like right. that is spoilers right there. Like imagine if instead of uh, having to watch the Sens lose to Edmonton <laughs> nine times, we got to watch us lose to Colorado nine times. That's a lot oh more exciting God. in my books, uh, which again, how am I talking about Minnesota being an exciting hockey team? They have right. literally been the most boring team for 20 years. So this is great right here uh it is really unfortunate they're matching up i think i still have to give it to vegas but it's not it's not colorado st louis it is a it's going to be a six seven game series uh i just think that the the experience that vegas has being in every single playoffs for a kind of a long run uh except for the the crazy san uh jose uh series they had a couple years ago has them ready for for a series like this whereas minnesota these are all players that haven't been in the playoffs for a long time you got uh kirill who is lighting it up and he's exciting as hell but he doesn't know playoff hockey yet i think he has to get his uh his beak wet before he can really kind of carry a team throughout there but i think it's going to be good uh i want to see mark stone pot 50 goals and uh and robin leonard be a complete uh steel wall back there so i'm gonna say vegas and six I think that uh, Minnesota is going to put up a really good fight. And I think next year, Minnesota is going to be able to make a good playoff push. Yeah, I, I think we're in the same boat there. I mean, I love the Minnesota Wild, what they've done this year. Um, I think uh, the coaching staff has done an excellent job with the structure of that team. They look better. Um, and they're a counterattack team. They're solid defensively. But where they really score is on transition and uh, on those fast breaks. And they've done a really, really good job of kind of building that identity. They've gone from this boring team to kind of, <laughs> you know, scores from the perimeter to a really fast-paced, exciting team. Um, and what's crazy is they're still hamstrung by those contracts to Parise and Suter. And they're still having all this success. So um, 
you know, they've gotten some good goaltending. Kaprizov has been unbelievable this year. Uh, I don't think it's enough to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you want to talk about a team that's motivated? Like, that was a team that was marching to the Stanley Cup final last year, and they ran into a, two walls. They ran into a wall in, in terms of conditioning where it just looked like they were out of gas in the Western Conference final um, after having some really hard-fought series. And then, you know, then, of course, the other wall was Anton Hudobin, who just stole that series from them. So uh, I think Vegas is another team that is going to be super motivated, and they're going to go into a war with Colorado in the second round, which, yeah. I mean, it's a series we got robbed of last year. I'm pissed that it's happening in the second round. <laughs> but but it's going to be great. Um, I'm in the same boat. I think Vegas is going to take this one probably in six. Um, and we can talk a little bit about the matchup with the Avalanche after. But let's head over to the eastern side of things. Um, first round, uh, this is one of the most bizarre series I've ever seen in terms of col- in terms of color matchup, in terms of everything. It's ketchup and mustard. It's Carolina <laughs> and Nashville uh, taking on each other in the first round of I guess that's the East. Is that the East? I don't know. I don't. Know. I think it's. I think they're technically. Is that Central? I don't know, man. I, it's. I got it open because I'm not as smart, so I'm using cheat sheets. The Discover Central. Yeah, see Central. Yeah. Expert analysis over here. There we go. Um, this is another one where I think we might blaze through it pretty quick. Uh, the National Predators are not very good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think so anyway. And that is no disrespect to um, some of the good people they have in that organization. We love Mark Borowiecki. He's a he's a friend of the podcast and he's an awesome human being. Yeah. But I mean, I just I just don't see it from this team. I see a lot of talent. I don't see any cohesion. Uh, I see a guy in Matt Duchesne who I don't know what's happened to him after getting an $8 million deal. He scored what? I think 11 goals this year in a 56 game season. Like that's just, that's just not enough. That's just not going to cut it. Um, and I think from there, I, you look at goaltending, like Nadel, the way Nadelkovic is playing, Nadelkovic, sorry. Um, Pecorine could always steal a series, but I just, the way Carolina has played in, every end of the ice this year um their depth from top to bottom their blue line uh i don't see the nashville predators beating the carolina hurricanes uh might end up in like six but i'm saying carolina in five yeah this is the one series that i might say in four because man maybe this is rude to nashville they have not looked like they've given a hoot Wow, this is that's the time I'm going to censor myself. I'll swear in the middle of some other. <laughs> Give a hoot right there. They have not looked in any of the games that I've watched this year. They don't really look all that engaged. And that's a little unfair to say because every hockey player, every sports player wants to win a game that they're playing in. That's just how it is. But they aren't the... Like I, I don't see the same sort of drive as Colorado or even Pittsburgh there. They're like, yeah, we'll play it out. We'll do well. We'll have some okay games. But they don't have this like all or nothing kind of attitude. There's a lot of people not finishing checks. There's a lot of people kind of avoiding stuff and giving up the puck. I think that a lot of them, I think they, I think they need to do a culture shift in, in Nashville. And I, I think Poyle is probably not the GM to continue doing it. I think he's uh, he's been with that team so long and the, their window is firmly closed and they've got some pretty bad contracts. They're going to have to figure out a way to make work on that team going forward. But I think they need to do a rebuild. I think they yeah. need to do a, a, a blow it up. They should enjoy this last bit of playoff hockey for three or four years and uh, and try and come back uh, then with some prospects and some youth and some speed. You know, maybe this is a bit of a hot take, but 
I don't see them needing three or four years to get back to the playoffs if they retool. Like, if you look at the pieces that they have in place, you got Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis on the blue line. Fantastic. You've got Pecorine's contract coming off the books in all likelihood this year. And UC Saros, who's a fantastic goaltender coming in. Uh, you've got Philip Forsberg. You got Victor Arvidsson. Like, these are good pieces to build around. Even some of the, like, I don't want to say lower end, but some of the cheaper contracts, guys like Boro. Um, I, those are good players to build around. So I, I think if the Predators could find a way to rejig this roster, get some of that bad money off the books. I don't know who's taking Matt Duchesne's contract right now, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> but, um, but if you could find a way to get some of that money off the books and kind of you know reconfigure things, I, I see that team working out pretty well in the future. Um, you know, for however bad badly they've played now, I think Dave Poyle deserves a ton of credit for the way he's built this team up from a mediocre Southern expansion team to what has become a perennial contender um, a Stanley cup final appearance a few years ago. Uh, I really like what this predators organization, I really like the way they kind of handle things. I love their, what seems to be their internal culture. Uh, it seems like a great place to play hockey, but you're right. I think they are in need of a, of a, of a shift. Um, I would say a re I would say a retool more than a rebuild. But. I could, I could see that they just need speed. That's yeah. the biggest thing that I, I'm watching them play is it looks like they're playing hockey 10 years ago where you could be a lot slower and just kind of bully your way in. Not that they're like Broad Street bullies, Philly style or anything like that, but they're they're a big team. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they just need two or three players. Like if they could get Farmington, I think he'd be the kind of player that would excel on a team like that because he could play his game. But I think so too. let's not get too distracted. Farmington's for, for us forever because he's a delight and <laughs> I can't believe how great he is. So back off Nashville, but a player of that caliber or of that nature would really change the makeup of their third line and give mm -hmm. them another factor. Cause right now, when you watch them, you, you know, the players on the ice, you can defend them because they've been around for so long and none of them are that kind of, none of them have that super X factor of carrying the game on your shoulders. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to Elfie this, or I'm going to Carlson this on, on that. So I'm hoping to see them do well because I think hockey's better when there's a couple of Southern teams that are good and sure. Nashville yeah. as uh, as a place, they're really behind the Preds. So I don't want to see them lose that sort of momentum for the NHL, mm -hmm. but we can't ignore Carolina too. And I think that uh, I want to talk about how Rob Brindamore has built this team oh in, yeah. in the image of Rob Brindamore, which is kind of hilarious too, because they are a team that will do absolutely anything for another one of their, or any of their teammates. They are a hundred percent bought in. Uh, they've had a hell of a good season. They're, they're, uh, they're scoring on everything. They're defending really well. I, I am super hyped for these Carolina Hurricanes. And if they had a better goalie, I would be extra, extra hyped here. That's the only thing that I could see kind of com coming down is if uh, it's Mrazek, right? Is Mrazek their starter or is it the other guy? I think it's Nendelkovic that's starting. Is that? Yeah, I can never remember his name because it's crazy long and he hasn't played yeah. hockey all that much. Uh, those are the only factors in my mind that could really rob them of a playoff, uh, a big... Uh, a big playoff push or big playoff run. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think that they're, they're too well-built. They are a team that top line and the fourth line will all be unbelievably uh, bought into this. So I, I'm excited to watch them dismantle the Predators. I want them to go into the next series cooking because they're going to have some trouble in whoever comes out of the next one. Yeah. And I want to see that one be competitive. 
Yeah. Um, I think you nailed everything. Um, I think the I, one thing I will say is I think having a rookie goaltender like Nadelkovic, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name in there, um, <laughs> that we've seen that work, right? Like we've seen that kind of turn into a Jordan Bennington run or, you know, any number of other players that we could go back, Matt Murray, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think uh, I think that could be a sort of X factor for the Hurricanes. I don't think they'll need it against Nashville. But it, but it's something that's going to kind of, you know, it's a question that's going to need to be answered later in the playoffs. And in the next round in particular, this is a series that I'm really excited for that, that I didn't think I would ever say. Uh, <laughs> we have the Battle of the Sunshine State. It's the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and what's crazy is the Panthers have home ice advantage somehow. <laughs> uh, you know, so... Bosti, give me your thoughts on this one, man, because I'm actually curious to hear. I am so hyped for this one. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a great series. I can't. I didn't think Florida was going to be as good as they were this year. No, me neither. I thought I, I, I'm like, oh, you're losing Dadanov. Bobrovsky is still a big question mark, but uh, Quenville, Quenville has. Well, this is what his second season or his third season in Florida. I believe it's the second. Yeah. I think it's the second. Yeah, he started to be able to put his mark on it. Yeah, And I think if you look at this Florida team, you can see a lot of parallels to some of those Chicago teams with Barkov being such a uh, such a high high clip scorer, high clip performer. Uh, their defense is, has a couple of stalwarts, but they're also they're not out of this world elite uh, kind of a we'll all do it together. Goaltending attitude because Bobrovsky is not worth ten million dollars, No, uh, <laughs> but they're getting everything from everyone. So this year I thought they were I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I didn't think that I'd think they'd be a favorite. And this yeah. is where it gets kind of crazy because it's the Tampa Bay friggin' Lightning who last year made winning a Stanley Cup look like it was just the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. like, at no point did I ever think Tampa Bay wasn't going to win once I saw Vegas get knocked out. Um, and that's where this gets really cool. Like this is a rivalry that, or this is a, a game that should be a huge rivalry game, but neither of these teams have been good at the same time. So Never. this is the start of something right here. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at Tampa. They're getting Cooch back. They're getting Stamkos spouse back. But they played barely anything this year. So that's the other big question. Are they ready for this? Uh, Stamkos is the Logan Brown out of Tampa Bay where he's going to get hurt on, on every single play, which is too bad because I love watching him play just like Logan Brown. Uh, so I've got to see whether Stamkos can, can keep up with this before I know too much. Right now? I'm giving it to the Panthers. I'm Ooh. giving it to the Panthers in seven games. I think that Quenville is uh, is going to have this team absolutely firing. I think this is going to be a really, really, really hard series. The hardest series to, to know who's going to win out of any of the series right now. And uh, I think that the Panthers are hungry. They want this. I think Barkov, this is his first time really being able to push for it. And he yeah. is going to have a drive. He's going to have another gear. And everyone talks about Barkov being underrated. I think this, after this playoffs, that's going to be finally over because he's the most overrated, underrated player. Not that he's overrated. Yeah. Everyone's overrating is underrating. And we'll finally end up stopping with that one. But let me hear your take. Let me get some spice. Ooh, I think you've already brought the spice, man. <laughs> You're picking the Panthers over the Lightning. Uh, wow. Okay. So the reason the Florida Panthers are having such success right now is because they have a couple of good Sudbury boys on the bench and Andrew Burnett <laughs> and Derek McKenzie, a uh, couple former NHLers who are terrific players in their own right. Both of whom played for Joel Quenville McKenzie or no, sorry. I don't think McKenzie did. No, but uh, regardless, uh, 
Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I love what the Panthers have done. Um, I'm very, very excited to see how this team goes forward, even after this year, because uh, the, the kind of trademark of the Florida Panthers is they'll have one good year and then 10 bad ones right after. They <laughs> made the Stanley Cup final in their first year. Uh, and then from there, they, you know, they really struggle and they have another playoff berth and then they really struggle again when just when it looks like things are going to go right. I think the foundation is in place now with this team to be a more successful team long term. I don't know if they're going to win a Stanley Cup anytime soon, but they have the pieces in play to not be a doormat in the uh, when we go back to the Atlantic Division or whatever it is next year. Um, so I think with that in mind, you look at the goaltending, um, you, you're talking either a combination of Chris Dreger, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight against Andre Vasilevsky, who's been the undisputed best goaltender in the league for the past three years or so. You look at the blue line, you're looking at a Panthers team that is missing Aaron Ekblad, which is a major, major piece. And it sucks that he's out for this because that, that would have added a whole new wrinkle to this series. Uh, Do we but- know if he's, he's, on his way back i haven't i think that much. i, think I thought like, he was out for a long time yeah yeah, the, yeah it was like a really nasty break he had in his mm-hmm. leg um but you look at the lightning and you have victor hedman who it sounds like is going to be playing on one foot and maybe trying to channel some eric carlson energy uh-huh. uh you got david savard who's solid um like cernak like i like the lightning's blue line um but you look at the forward core and I just, I don't see how the Panthers beat this team. I maybe if they goalie them, but <laughs> you're going to have Vasilevsky in the other end, right? Like it's just, um, it, so I think with Stamkos and Kucherov back uh, matching up against that Barkov and Huberto combination, I'm, I'm taking Stamkos and Kucherov every time. I just am, uh, especially when you factor in Braden point into that equation and the lightning's bottom six, right? Like Barkley Gaudreau and Blake Coleman, like the fact that they've Anthony Sorelli, like the fact that they've been able to keep this entire core together after winning a Stanley cup is, is pretty impressive. Uh, I'm going to say the Lightning take this one. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably in six or seven games. Uh, I think the Panthers give them a fight. But I also think that Florida could steal it. Like, if there's a – it's weird that a higher-ranked team is not the favorite. But I think if there's an underdog in this this, uh, series that's going to steal steal it – an underdog in this playoff that's going to steal the series, it's going to be the Florida Panthers, uh, which is bizarre considering they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. And as we kind of move on to the North Division, we'll save the first and fourth matchup for last <laughs> this time for obvious reasons. Uh, let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets. This is an interesting one. Um, I like the Winnipeg Jets, but they, they have not looked impressive enough all year to really give me any hopes that they're going deep in the playoffs. Connor Hellebuck struggling down the stretch, man, like that's not good. Like that is the exact last thing that Winnipeg needs from here. Um, Their blue line has been inconsistent. Uh, You know, they've, they've made some decisions that I don't necessarily agree with, like playing Dylan DeMello on the third pair, Um, you know, giving him like 15, 16 minutes a night. I think that's a guy you need to be your workhorse in the playoffs, (laughs) but I guess the rest of the league still hasn't woken up to DeMello. Um, And I mean, like the injuries they've had to face, Dubois has not found his game quite yet. Wheeler has been in and out of the lineup all year. Uh, I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to match Edmonton's speed and skill. Uh, If the goaltending in Edmonton lays an egg, that could be something, but 
I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are powering Edmonton past the Jets. I'm saying it's five or six games. Yeah, I think it's got to be. It's got to be five games, five, maybe six, if something funny happens. But Winnipeg is kind of similar to Nashville in my books where it's not, again, I don't, this is kind of harsh, but they never looked as engaged as some of the other teams we face. And especially as an Ottawa fan, Edmonton, who for some reason they woke up for every single Ottawa game that they possibly could. But Winnipeg didn't look like anything special. I think if this was a normal uh, year, you would have seen some good Chevelle day off moves to get another top six player, or let's bolster this blue line a little bit. But I think he knew that this is a hard year for their, their team to win and didn't give anything up. And I think that's a smart move. They got gifted with a high playoff position because the North is the North. Yeah. Uh, but Edmonton, the, the big thing that impressed me about Edmonton this year isn't well, okay, yes, it was McDavid because holy crap, 100 points in 50 games. What is this? Uh, but it was more their blue line looks like they finally taken that step. Mm-hmm. Urs is getting to the point where you would want to see him. You, He is starting to get to that elite level. Uh, I still think he's a little bit away, and I think they need to find him a good uh, partner to to kind of stabilize and make him not do too much. But mm-hmm. then you got Bear, who's also starting to really climb, really push. And those are the things that I didn't see last year. And those are what I think is going to really help them out this year. So I think they're not going to have too much trouble with Winnipeg. Uh, Halibut could be really good, but you got McDavid. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You could have Patrick Waugh in net right now, and McDavid is still going to find a way to score five five goals in three games or something dumb. Yeah. Like I, I mean, like, and Tyson Berry's added a whole nother yep. ring to their offense. Like, I think Edmonton, their style is just a relentless attack. Um, they've made an effort to be better defensively, but you can tell they're not going to sacrifice offense for the way of goal scoring. When you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, like how many coaches have we seen that try to turn superstars into grinders? And it doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, One thing that Dave Tippett in Edmonton has done really well is just allow Connor McDavid to be Connor McDavid. And the same Leon Dreisaitl. We know Leon Dreisaitl is not great defensively, but when he's putting up, you know, a ridiculous amount of points. If he's good <laughs> for a point a game, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I, you're right. I don't see Edmonton having too much trouble with Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg against Toronto or Montreal, their chances are probably a little bit better. Um, but I just don't see how they're going to contend with the speed at the top of Edmonton's lineup. Uh, I, I really don't. Uh, so I think we're on the same page there. I think the Oilers are going to maybe not have their way with Winnipeg, but they're going to handle them pretty easily. And I think that sets the table nicely for the last little series <laughs> we're going to talk about here. It's the one everyone is looking forward to hearing from us on. I'm sure we have the fourth place Montreal Canadians limping into the playoffs to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs who, I mean, a lot of, there's, it's been kind of a touchy subject on Sense Twitter. Um, I know Ian Mendez kind of stepped in it a little while ago and he said he wouldn't mind seeing the Leafs win. Um, I mean, I'm going to say it right on the podcast. I don't either. Like, you know, I just, I can't, I can't be mad. I can't be mad about Jason Spezza and Nick Foligno winning the Stanley Cup. I just the, can't. The second you put on that blue and white, you are dead. You, you have, <laughs> I'm not putting it, it on. <laughs> no, not you, not you. That's fine. Oh. But like Jason Spezza, I hope that you score zero goals. I hope that you get <laughs> like, you have the worst time of your life and you retire from hockey. <laughs> that is that is where I, I feel there. And Nick Felino, you were washed up four years ago. Wow. Go back, go back to Columbus. It's the okay. only team that'll play you. No, I, I, I have nothing against Felino. He's a great guy. Uh, 
fantastic person by all stretch of the means as well. Uh, real bad, unfortunate hairline like we saw in the last game. Oh boy, Nick, come on, buddy. You got to shave that completely down if your hair looks like that. But uh, yeah, Derek Stefanik, come on. Uh, but that these teams are, it's kind of hilarious because <laughs> Montreal's not great. Like I truly think that if Ottawa had another 20 games in this season, we would have caught up to Montreal. Definitely. Because, yeah, I, we were cooking. Our team was finally looking like what we wanted to see. We got we we shed the fat. Our, our players were great. We had an insane bottom six, and Montreal did nothing to get better this year. They no. just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, and I I think Toronto is they are a team that has a lot of really good pieces. I think that they're they're great. I don't think Dubas has done a great job in building what they needed instead of identifying some of these like getting a Coleman style of player or anything like that. He's over indexing on veteran leadership, mm-hmm. which you, you already have John Tavares for that. Like I, as I don't see the need to have both Thornton, Spezza and Simmons. Well, Simmons plays more of a role, but you have one of those two. Like I think the Thornton move was boneheaded. I don't think he makes any sense for Toronto. Uh, and I think that he's going to be a hindrance when it comes to the playoffs. Not against Montreal, because I think you can yeah. ice half half of the Marleys and you're going to be okay against Montreal. But I I don't want to say I'm disappointed because I live for Toronto not living up to expectations. But I do want to see their team on paper as a properly crafted playoff hockey team. And right. I have yet to see that. Um, here... I, I think I think Montreal's gonna <laughs> gonna be up against it, and I think it's gonna be funny. Yeah. I think it's gonna be very enjoyable to watch the the Has try and keep up here. But who is Price back? Yeah, it sounds like he's gonna be back. Yeah. Now, is that even a good thing? Like, that's the thing that I'm I'm looking at. His contract on the books means that they can't do uh, certain lineup decisions, right? Or does that change in the playoffs? It does. Yeah. Um, okay. Cap goes out the window in the playoffs. That's why the lightning can activate. That's, okay. Uh, there we go. Right, what right. a weird rule also. Uh, it's like, I, yeah, it I, well, I, the reason I kind of like it is because if you're in a team, like, you know, like let's say that you're the lightning and you lose a Kucherov for yeah. the year and you, that frees up what six to $8 million a year. If you can add another superstar player, and get both those guys back for the playoffs. I think that's one, it's good for the game. And two, it allows another superstar in the playoffs. And really, it's creative, right? Like, it's creative cap management. So, and I then mean, it, you have to pay for it in the offseason as well. You right. have to then juggle a whole bunch of stuff. It's not yeah. like it doesn't come back to you. So, exactly. No, I, I, it's just, it's just a funny thing because it feels like anti hockey. Like, yeah. I feel like it would be like a thing that's like, well, but then your cap recapture because we get so bogged down in those silly things like that. Yeah. Okay. So they at least can still play Caulfield and, and all that. But yeah, Price I mean, they were so... practicing them as healthy scratches yesterday, though. Kakanemi. What? Too. Yeah, I know. Like, okay. We love to make fun of Kakanemi because of the Brady Kachak everything right there. But we yeah. should be making fun of Philip Zadina. But let's, uh, let's stay on, t- on task on this. Why? Like who, 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 like we have had some frustrating healthy scratches this year, but to think of those players not playing in the playoffs here, does Mark Bergevin think that the bottom six, 
or uh, Ducharme, do they really think their bottom six is going to give them a bigger factor in winning here? Absolutely not. And here's the thing. Be realistic. You're going to be up against it, Montreal. They limped in the last two or three months of the season, not just the first, like, last two or three weeks, like we've seen some other teams going. They are so lucky to be here. Let these players play a friggin' playoff series because these are the players that if you're back in the playoffs next year or the year after, you're going to have to lean on very heavily to get anywhere. And the fact that you're having them sit and watch they've seen playoff hockey let them play playoff hockey it's a gosh darn farce and i I think that uh i think that that's a a big factor here i agree um i think they'll all be playing i think i don't know i think it's probably sending a message or something like that but i mean uh a message of don't be young and fast yeah i I don't see how it makes a difference either way maybe it gives montreal more of a shot but toronto's gonna run through this team let's be honest like i think the leafs are gonna take this one probably in four maybe carrie price steals a game or two and stretches the series out but the leafs are not gonna have a problem i to tell you the truth this is the most imposing toronto team that i've seen in absolutely like they're so deep um i you know i love the thornton and simmons ads um i don't love their deployment at times, but I think having <laughs> those guys in your bottom six, um, it goes a long way, especially in terms of playoff hockey. Um, they, their blue line got better. Adding TJ Brody was the best move of the offseason. Like that guy's like unbelievable. He's been such a huge addition to that team. Um, goaltending's a question mark. Uh, you know, Jack Campbell's gonna start the playoffs. We don't know how that's gonna go. Maybe he shows out maybe he lays an egg and freddie anderson has to come in and it's arrested freddie anderson so but regardless none of that's going to matter in the first round uh toronto's moving on they're going to crush montreal um so i I guess we should kind of roll through the rest of the matchups that we have kind of set for ourselves (laughs) Uh, we'll do it pretty quickly but um so you in the on the eastern side of things you have the pittsburgh penguins taking on the Washington Capitals. So let's see who you got coming out of that one. And this is an exciting throwback. How many times do we have the OV Crosby? I love it. And then the last time it was always, always, always Crosby who would come out. Always, all, I think once maybe Ovechkin won. Oh, we didn't get him until 2018. Yeah, exactly. That's the only time. And that, that wasn't really the Pittsburgh Penguins. And in this case, I think it is going to be Ovi this time. I think that I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins, as much as they lo- they're looking revitalized, I don't think they have the uh, the kind of the power, the the strength that the Washington Capitals have throughout their lineup. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about Ovechkin flattening guys, you got Tom Wilson who's going to be a wrecking ball. That's just that's just insane. I don't know how any team can really try and stop that, and I don't think Pittsburgh's set up for that. So I think it's going to be a great series. I think Pittsburgh's going to put up a really good fight, and I think that we're going to have some really good hockey out of that. But I think it's just going to be a little bit too relentless for Washington, or from Washington for Pittsburgh to stop six games. Yeah, I think if Washington plays the, the Penguins, you're right. Uh, I have the Penguins playing the Bruins. Uh, I think the Bruins are going to come out of that one as well. Uh, I, I just think Boston's goaltending is just too much. Uh, I think Tuka Rask is probably one of, if not the best goaltender in the league right now, um, especially in the playoffs. He just finds another gear in the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think Boston, like I said, is getting hot at exactly the right time. I love their top six. Uh, I think they're just mix of firepower, solid defense, uh, um, and heaviness in their bottom six. I think that's going to carry the Bruins to another, I guess, in, in normal years, it's a conference final, but I guess we're calling it the third round this year. Um, from there, we've got Colorado, and we both have Vegas, I believe, right? Yeah. So we got Colorado and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, 
Vegas is a very good team. Colorado is a very good team. Again, this should be for the Stanley Cup. Like, Absolutely. I love, I love this freaking matchup. I hope we get it. Um, we have, we've been robbed of it for so long now. I really want to see it. This is a really tough one. Um, I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights in a very close seven-game series, like probably game seven overtime. Uh, I just think, again, it comes down to goaltending. Colorado's goaltending, as good as it's been, it is not the best tandem in the league, which is Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, I think even if things don't go well early, regardless of who's starting, whether it's Fleury or Leonard, Vegas can uh, pivot to another one of them and be okay. Uh, I think if Vegas stays healthy, um, I think if Mark Stone plays like Mark Stone, I think Vegas is going to eke this one out, but it's probably the prediction I'm the least sure about because Colorado's so good, but I'm saying the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games over Colorado. Absolute coin flips. And these are the, the two best teams in the league on paper and yeah. kind of in practice too this year. Uh, I'm going with Colorado this time, just because I think that they are uh, in, in, I just think they're so good. I think that Vegas is really, really good as well. But I think Colorado, this is the kind of revenge tour that they're putting on. It's just kind of, we had a great season. Uh, Joe Sackick has added a few extra pieces right there. The the young defensemen have had a little bit more time to cook. Gerard looks out of this world. I think it's the same thing. Seven games, and I think it's a coin flip. And I think that uh, doesn't really matter who wins here because I think that whoever wins is going to be such a good force. It's not like, Oh, it's too bad. They matched up. Everyone should be circling this series. If you're not, if you, it doesn't matter who you support. This is just going to be insane hockey when it comes down to it. I don't even know what, what I think Colorado does a little bit better. I just like them as a team a little bit more than Vegas. Uh, But I also think Vegas is great. Seven games over time. We will be blessed if that is the case. And I am hoping. Yeah, I think that's going to be it for sure. Uh, So you had the Florida Panthers upsetting the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champs, which means we will have a new (laughs) Stanley Cup champion in the year 2021. Uh, Do you like the Panthers just as much against the Carolina Hurricanes? No, I think (laughs) (laughs) I I do really like the Panthers still. I just uh, kind of for the same reason as I think uh, Brindamore has built the Panthers out in a really hard hitting, really hard to play against team. Not that Florida won't be, but I think it's a very different style uh, for Florida to match up with against than the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think that's where it's going to be tricky. They're going to have way less space to play around. Uh, They're going to have to be working a lot harder to contain some of the the Carolina players just in in a physical sense. And I think that Carolina is just better built for a series against a scoring team like Florida. Uh, Six, seven games. uh, I think it'll be, it'll be close. It'll be a lot of give and take there. And I think that there are going to be times where Carolina is going to struggle really hard to get, get some goals. There's going to be a couple of really low scoring games that'll look close, but I think that they're just slightly better built against Florida than Florida is for Carolina. I think that's, I think that's spot on. I think, I think, I think the Carolina Panthers, Carolina Panthers. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make that joke. We're talking about the NFL now. I think the, yeah. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, it is not a knock on the Lightning. They are terrific. 
I think Carolina is going to be rested after that Nashville series, frankly. I think they're going to be riding a pretty solid wave of momentum. I think their team cohesion is just going to be a little better. Um, I think the Lightning having so many guys in and out of the lineup, having Stamkos maybe playing at less than 100%, same of Kucherov, same of Hedman. Uh, I just think the Lightning are probably out of gas by the second round this year. Um, which it's normal after a Stanley Cup. Like, we haven't seen a team repeat since the – I mean, the Penguins are the only team that's done <laughs> it in the last 20 years, right? And that's that's after seasons where either Melkin or Crosby are off for, like, 50 right. games too, which really – it's unfortunate, but that really helps. So Kucherov, I guess, this year. So maybe – uh-oh, are we foreshadowing? Yeah. So, so I think, uh, I think, I think Carolina takes down the lightning in six or seven, um, very close, but I think Carolina is going to eat this one out. Uh, let's head North. Now we both have the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think the Leafs are moving on. I really do. Um, I think Toronto, um, if their goaltending can stay even, you know, just consistent, uh, I don't see the Leafs, being slowed down by the Oilers too much. Uh, Edmonton's skill is fantastic. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be putting on a clinic. I don't see the depth in Edmonton's bottom six and on the blue line that Toronto has. I think they're the deeper, uh, more experienced and better team. Um, unless something crazy happens where, you know, Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen, whoever's playing just absolutely shows out. Uh, I don't see the Leafs getting knocked off by the Oilers. I think the Leafs are going to the third round, probably in six, maybe seven. Um, but I, you know, I, I just don't think the Oilers have the team defense and the goaltending to, to slow down Toronto's firepower. See, and I'm on the opposite side. I think Ooh. Edmonton is going to coast here. I think Ed, I think Drysaddle and McDavid is just better Matthews and uh, Marner. Ooh. I think that they're going to be matching up. I don't know how you what you do on either team. Do you play your top lines versus each other's top line? Because that feels like a waste. Because it doesn't matter what's happening. It's did they get a goal? No. All right, go down the other way. Let's see if they get a goal. No. Let's go. So I yeah. I do not envy the coaches in these positions to try and figure it out. But I think that Toronto outside of their top fives, top six, they're too slow. I think that the uh, the Oilers are going to be able to get some really fortuitous matchups, and that's when we're going to see Thornton. That's where we're going to see. Spezza and Simmons start to really kind of struggle to keep up in this game because there's just so much going on there. I think both goalie tandems are kind of duty. I think that this is a hilarious matchup because you have the best scorers in the league on opposing teams against, in my opinion, the worst goalie tandems in the entire playoffs. So this is going to be a wild series. Uh, I don't think we're, we're going to see this series kind of probably for decades again, no. just because I, I don't think that any given time, either of these teams are going to match up in the Stanley cup finals. Uh, and I think that we should enjoy this while it is, but I think it's going to be not prototypical playoff hockey. And I think it's going to be uh, Edmonton who ekes it out just because I think the other worldly stars of dry saddle and McDavid are just too much to contain for Toronto. Very interesting. So let's head back <laughs> over to the other side of things. Uh, you have a third round series between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the, or sorry, the Washington Capitals, my yeah. bad, and the Colorado Avalanche, which is very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm dying to hear who you think is going to win that series. Colorado. Yeah. Like, as much as I love Washington, they're great, but Colorado is just, this is a perfectly crafted team for what they want to do. I could see the fact that they've had to now go through St. Louis and Vegas 
being similar to the bubble where it is unfortunate that they're playing against these super, super strong teams and they're going to be exhausted and they lose out here. But it's not like Washington has a walk in the park in Boston and Pittsburgh. I think that this half of the bracket is infinitely harder than the other half of the bracket for these players to get or these teams to get there. And that's where I get nervous making these predictions because a couple of rough series can really rob you of your ability to go deep. But we're gonna we're gonna watch McKinnon. We're gonna watch uh, Landis Cog and and all this go up against the old guard because I think I think Colorado is new Washington. Like how many times did we see Washington absolutely light up the league, win yeah. Presidents Cups, and go through that? And I think that Washington's they're just a little bit over the hill at this point. They can't keep up with this young superpower team, and it's gonna be some really good ass hockey. And we're gonna see Colorado win it in six. Mm. So I have the Boston Bruins going against the Vegas Golden Knights. And man, this is a tough one. Uh, and it's I, kind of funny because Vegas and Boston are kind of like Vegas is the new Boston. Like we're, we're I had doing them, a, a torch passing right here. Ah. I had them both in the Stanley Cup final last year. Uh, yeah. I thought that's the, where they were going to meet up. Um, you know, I am. This is very tough. I love both teams. I love the way that both rosters are constructed. And this is very, very difficult for me to say, but I think the Boston Bruins are going to eke it out. And I think they're going to go to the Stanley cup final over the golden Knights. Um, I just think that Boston's road is slightly easier. Um, I think Vegas is going to, play an absolute war of a series against Colorado. I think Minnesota is going to give them a rough ride. And we've seen Vegas run out of gas kind of deep in the playoffs before. Um, I think it's going to be close and it pains me to say the golden Knights are going to lose in a conference final for the second year in a row. Um, (laughs) But I think Boston's top six is again, just gelling at the right time. I think Taylor hall is going to be a huge X factor in this series. I think the Bruins are going to the Stanley cup final. Um, and let's head back over to the other side of things. We have a Toronto and Carolina third round on my end. Uh, again, very weird, very weird for me. Um, and I think it's going to be very stressful uh, for Leafs knowing <laughs> that they could potentially see Boston in the Stanley Cup final if they finally Ooh, get there. I like uh, that. <laughs> but I don't think the Leafs are going to get there. Um, I think Carolina is going to knock off the Leafs in the third round. Uh, I think it's going to be a close, hard-fought series. I just see Carolina kind of grinding things down, um, you know, playing such a stringent defensive structure that Toronto hasn't seen all year. Carolina is going to be the toughest team that Toronto's played all year. Um, So I think the Hurricanes are going to win it in six. Again, possibly seven. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but these a lot of these matchups are just that close. Uh, so I think we are going to have a Carolina Hurricanes and Boston Bruins Stanley Cup final. And before I give my winner, Boston, I'll obviously let you finish up with the East. Who's playing the Colorado Avalanche for the Stanley Cup? So I think I think you hit the head or the nail on the head with uh, the fact that whoever's coming out of the North is going to have their hands full of basically any team outside of Nashville. Just because this team, like the North is so... How many times did we hear about how hard the Sens were to play against? A lot. Yeah, exactly. Over and over and over. And that's great. But you look at these other teams, we're not as hard to play against as Carolina or even Tampa or Florida. Like we will make it there eventually. But right now, that's that's what the the 
the hockey league is, is you have these fast, hard hitting teams. That's who is excelling in this NHL and Toronto, Montreal and Edmonton and Winnipeg, they aren't playing that style. So I don't think stylistically, whoever comes out of the North has a, has a hope in hell to whoever comes out in that other central the Discovery Central or whatever it <laughs> Discovery is. Discovery Central, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think Carolina is going to absolutely grind Edmonton to a stop. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to have a really good series. I think that they're still probably going to put up 10 goals or whatever. Uh, but I just think that Carolina is going to be able to make it so hard for every other player to get any inch of space that they're going to they're gonna coast through. I think six games, maybe seven. Uh, and it's going to be... Was Edmonton, Carolina? That was the uh, finals that Edmonton went to. 2006, like, it was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So it'll be kind of fun if that pans out the way it is to see a little rematch there. Imagine no Oilers, Chris fans, Pronger. Oilers yeah. fans losing to Edmonton again. That'll, that won't go over <laughs> well. Um, but yeah, so your Stanley Cup final is now Colorado and Carolina, two teams that start with the letter C. Both yeah. are weather events in the hurricane <laughs> avalanche uh, very different weather events very different uh, very different <laughs> climates to say the least but in that sort of battle of the climate change induced catastrophes who's taking home the stanley cup colorado and it's for very similar reasons as carolina is i think carolina is in a difficult division mm-hmm. i think colorado's in an impossible division and they still managed to get first against vegas uh, resurgent minnesota and then the rest of it's not great but they had to win a lot of games against a lot of tough opponents there right. carolina did too i'm not trying to take away from that but i just think that vegas is so as a Vegas coming in as a second seed is hilarious. And says a they, lot. yeah, exactly. Cause I think you put them in any other division, they coast the first Colorado is just that good. So I think that it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be kind of lackluster. And this is what happens in a lot of the finals is I think that Carolina is not going to have a game plan that can take care of uh, Colorado. So I think we're going to see Colorado win it in five. Uh, I think Carolina should be happy with what they've done, but I think Colorado or whomever is out of there is going to have a very little trouble with anyone coming out of the East. That's very interesting. Um, I think, I think you're spot on. I would love <laughs> to see that series. Uh, Cause I think, <laughs> I think it would be closer than people think. I think Carolina is that good of a team. Um, so we both have the Carolina hurricanes in the Stanley cup final. Yeah. Uh, I have them I against, I have them against the Boston Bruins. Um, so you've already crowned the Colorado Avalanche as the 2021 <laughs> Stanley Cup champions, but I'll give my I'll give my prediction nonetheless, just for because I did sake. so well last yes. time too. Oh, well, so you too. know, <laughs> we were both perfect, which is weird because it was different. Yeah, um, this is interesting. So we we have two teams here with the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Um, the way I see it is this. This is a Boston team that has been to the Stanley Cup final in 2013 and lost with when Tugarask was their goaltender. Uh, same deal in 2019. They should have won it. They didn't. I don't see the Boston Bruins being denied again. Uh, I don't think the Bruins are going to go to three Stanley Cup finals and lose all three. Uh, I think the Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And my dad or my dad's going to be very happy to hear that, but uh, not, not because I'm always right. Like you said, but, uh, but no, I think if you look at it on paper, um, I think the one clear advantage that the hurricanes have is in their blue line. Um, I think it's better and deeper than, than Boston's, 
But, I mean, when you look at the goaltending matchup, it's Tuka Rask against Nedeljkovic. And this is a Boston team that beat Carolina last year. It's rare that you see a team beat the same team in the playoffs two years in a row. But I, I just <laughs> I, I just don't think that Carolina has the horses to keep up with Boston, especially now with the addition of Taylor Hall. Uh, I keep going back to it. I think that is absolutely massive. Uh, I think Boston has enough speed in their bottom six and enough heaviness, like a good combination to really kind of wear the hurricanes down after what will be some seriously tough matchups against the lightning and against, uh, against Toronto. But I, I just don't see how the Bruins are going to lose a third Stanley cup final. So I am saying emphatically that the Boston <laughs> Bruins are taking home the Stanley cup in 2021. And watch it be something absurd. Like we're going to see like a Nashville Islanders final. Well, who would have picked, well, who would have picked Tampa and Dallas last year? You yeah. Know? I, I think we had Dallas out like the first, yeah. uh, the first round or something like that. Damn, like uh, they were a nice story, but stay yeah. in your lane and then boom. So no, I, I think it's, it's going to be good. I think it's exciting hockey. And I think uh, the sense fans should be excited because I don't think there's going to be too many more of these where we're not talking about our team in one of these matchups as well, which is, uh, which is fun to look at this in the guise of this. So very stressful uh, when it's your team though. Yeah. There is something to be said. Like I am a little nervous going back to having an actual horse in this race. Like last year I had so much fun in bubble hockey. Cause I was just like, ah, ha, ha, they lost. And I was like, I don't care if they win or at, at all. So I'm I don't miss s- that. I'm a little spoiled right now because my Bucks made the playoffs for the first time in 13 <laughs> years and won the Super Bowl, right? So like, <laughs> I kind of have some, I kind of have some rose-colored glasses on about the playoffs right now. I don't have a whole <laughs> lot of heartbreak associated with it. But Bosty, man, I love doing this every year with you now, two years in a row. It's an absolute blast to have you on, my friend. Uh, thank you for doing it. And, of course, tell these fine people where they can find you at if they decide to do that to themselves. Where, wherever you don't want to have someone <laughs> up in your mentions, I'll be there. Now, <laughs> find me on Twitter, Matt Bossy. I'm all over the place. You'll just find me somewhere. Honestly, don't seek me out. It's not worth it. No, well, I mean, I think it's worth it. Uh, follow Bosti, <laughs> follow me as well at Brandon Mackey underscore folks. Thank you so much for listening. I am, cannot wait to hear how wrong our predictions are before the games even happen. That is always a highlight <laughs> of every season. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like the podcast, share with your friends, download, subscribe, rate five stars, all those fun things. They go a long way. They're greatly appreciated. Uh, enjoy the beginning of these Stanley Cup playoffs. We will have a new episode out for you next week as always, or as most of the time. So until then, <laughs> Take care.